There's nothing in this world that can trouble a person quite so much as their own thoughts. And in a strange way, we can become enslaved and captives, imprisoned, in bondage, not necessarily to the situation, but to the thoughts that spin around in our mind and begin to hold us captive, especially when those thoughts are on opposite spectrums, like injustice, when we feel life is just not fair, that what we'd hoped, what we'd planned, what we thought is just not quite figuring out, and, and we feel this sense of injustice, and that, that goes around, and we become captives and slaves to this sense of the world's not fair, and it troubles us and bothers us, and we can't shake it. And then on the other end of the spectrum is, is the feeling of guilt, the sense that I've done something or not done something or been something or not been something and now I struggle to deal with it because I don't know how I'm going to put it right and so I become a prisoner in my mind to those feelings of injustice or those feelings of guilt. One produces phobias and complexes. If you're the person who struggles with the injustices with with the unfairness, then that's where we get the phobias and where we get the complexes that show up in our lives and, and we struggle to overcome them. And if you're on the other end of the spectrum, that's when fear comes in, when we become afraid of what we've created, what might happen, whether life might catch up with us. And these things go on in our mind. And we so often become locked in by the lies that we tell ourselves and a never-ending stream of self-justification trying to deal with that problem. It's also interesting that the challenges we face when we suddenly become aware that we are not free are immense in the mind. When we actually come to that sense of I'm just not free, it's just not working, those challenges are, are massive. And, uh, and there's also on the other angle, the illusion that we are free can be as much in a prison as the knowledge that we're not. This often happens when we associate freedom with the things we feel we are allowed to do. Well, I was always kept, and so now I can do these things, so therefore I'm free. That's not freedom. That only happens when we associate freedom with the things we feel we're allowed to do. But freedom is a way of being. Freedom is a state of mind. Freedom is something that happens in the heart, something that happens in the spirit. It's a peace within, a hope that something more that we're reaching for is within reach and will bring us life. Now, many bondages begin in innocence, and the film that we've just seen, The Prince of Egypt, is a great illustration of that. Because the children of Israel's route to slavery began in absolute innocence. In that their brother, who they had rejected, who became the prime minister of Egypt, in a time of famine, got the pharaoh of Egypt to invite them to come and live in Egypt. And they were given their own land called the land of Goshen. But when the famine passed, and when the issues they were dealing with were long gone, and when things had changed, they stayed in that place and they stayed too long. It went too far. They didn't read the signs. We did what was right in our own lives, but it lacked the foresight and wisdom required to keep it on track or off track as the case may be, depending 
who you are. And so many of us slide into slavery in that same way. It started in innocence, but we went too far. We stayed too long. We didn't understand the wisdom of the position that we were in. And in that place, there comes a point where hope dies. But the problem is when hope dies, we just carry on. Like Jenny said at the beginning about the wedding dress, hope dies, but we just carry on in an empty hope that somehow this will change when we are not prepared to change. I believe that Easter is the antidote to this. And that's why that song to me was so great in the beginning for every one of us, troubled by those thoughts and in slavery to those situations. If you left the grave behind you, so will I. Okay, so let me give you a little context before the next, um, the next video. The, the one we showed of the guy coming down the pipe, which nearly made my wife vomit, because she doesn't like that kind of stuff in people's mouths. <laughs> it's from a movie called The Shawshank Redemption, which uh, it's an old movie, but seriously, um, it's well worth watching. And... The fact that the word redemption is in there is very interesting because the whole story is really redeeming a situation that, that has two aspects to it. One of the aspects is that you've got one guy, Andy, the guy you saw in the, the first movie, who stands wrongly accused and innocent, but finds himself imprisoned for life for what somebody else has done. And then you've got the other guy who's voicing over that, which you can guess who that is, who was the voiceover? Yes, but he's not called Morgan Freeman in the film, he's called Red. You have the other guy, Red, who, who is rightly accused and absolutely guilty. So we've got one guy wrongly accused, completely innocent, and the other guy rightly accused and totally guilty, but these two become friends. And um, Andy commits a selfless act, not just in the seeking to escape from the bondage, the slavery, the captivity, the prison that he found himself in, but in doing that, he was interested in what he would provide for his friend who would follow after him. Now, common sense and history tells us that the road to freedom of any kind from anything is always messy and usually involves death in one way or another. In fact, I would say that death is the essential ingredient of the road to freedom. And I mean that. And it usually means passing through other people's, I'd love to use the word S-H-I-T because it's so appropriate. It usually means passing through other people's S-H-I-T to get beyond the walls that hold you captive. But that's what Andy did. And because Andy did that and had left a gospel, a message of good news with his friend who was guilty, even though he was not guilty, who he was interested in helping, this is how it all worked out. It's, um, it's good, isn't it? 
One, one of the challenges that um, I've had to deal with being raised the way I was is uh, a little bit doing church like this because um, I think this is a great parable that explains some of the incredible truth of what God is all about. And for some people actually using a Bible verse or a Bible portion is good but sometimes can muddy the waters of clarity because if you're raised in church like me, the assumption is that if you read the Bible to people, everybody knows what you're saying. And believe me, it's much harder for me to talk this way than it is to preach for an hour. I can preach for an hour easily. This is hard but but the context behind it is rather than you hearing lots of stuff that you like and go away not remembering anything I'd rather you hear one thing that you can go away and remember I want you to remember tonight I hope Some of you need that in your slavery, in your bondage, in all that stuff that's going on in your mind. You first of all have to come to the place where you can say, I hope. I hope there's a solution to this. Now, the other thing that if you're hoping that you in your mess can get yourself out of your mess, well, the great Einstein said you cannot get out of a problem by the same method that got you into the problem. That's where this concept of redemption is so wonderful. That the idea that someone else takes it upon themselves to facilitate your opportunity to become something you couldn't be by your own efforts. And to me, Andy, it was Jesus. To me, Jesus was Andy. Because here into my own captivity came someone whose concern was not just what they had to face because in Jesus, basically, just like Andy had to break through that pipe that contained all the stuff that other people had wonderfully deposited for his benefit that blocked the way to freedom and was the vilest place you had to go, in the same way I believe that Jesus smashed the pipe that was full of our junk and our excrement of our pathetic attempts at life and climbed I'm down the pipe. Now, you're not going to find that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, but you're going to find it everywhere in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You're not going to find it in the epistles, but you're going to find it everywhere in the epistles. Verses like, he who knew no sin, and none of that on him, became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Or in other words, he escaped and made a way, which I believe is what the cross and the resurrection was all about. Something wonderful from what, um, it was either Beth or Jenny, I can't remember now, I'm 62 and I'm at that phase where it was one of those two people. <laughs> and something hit me, you can wear a crucifix round your neck, but you can't wear an empty tomb. And the problem for most of us is not that we can wear a crucifix around our neck like some lucky charm. The problem for most of us is the thing we need you can't wear around your neck. We need escape 
from the way that life destroys us and crushes us and breaks us and imprisons us. And you can't wear that around your neck, but you can find it because Andy made provision for Red to participate in the freedom that Andy had found. He left him the money, he left him the directions, and he left him a journey that he could go on. I love what Red says on the beginning of his journey to freedom. Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. Hope is a good thing. I want you to hope tonight. However your slavery is constructed, whatever you think the thickness of your prison walls, whatever other things, and let me say, many of us who were raised in church are in a bigger prison than many people who weren't raised in church. One of the issues you encounter in the Shawshank Redemption is one guy is let out of prison and he goes and hangs himself because he doesn't know how to live outside the institution of the prison. Some of you have become institutionalized by this religion we call Christianity and Jesus has become part of that scheme but actually you're imprisoned by it and don't know life which is why so many Christians are so judgmental because they look from inside the walls and they're condemning others because they see what they think is freedom that they don't have. Have you ever wondered why the church loves the doctrine of hell, eternal conscious torment? I'm going to tell you why. Because for most people it's like we had to give all this stuff up and not have any fun. So we want them suckers to pay for what they're doing. Now, seriously, I can show you that from church history. How one guy, Augustine, says we should rejoice at the screams of those who are... Con- is, does that sound like the God of Jesus, the Abba of Jesus? Does that sound like Andy? Wrongly accused, but did his time, escaped and made a way and left provision. That's why I say Andy is like Jesus and Jesus is like Andy. Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. Maybe the stuff you're struggling for is missing that ingredient because hope is maybe the best of things. And when you start to say, actually, maybe there is hope that I could be free from this phobia, this anxiety, this, this, this worry, this, this, this guilt, this inadequacy. No good thing ever dies. That's what resurrection is about. And I find I'm so excited. Here's what, here's what Red said. I find I'm so excited I can barely sit still or hold a thought in my head. Why? I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel. There is an excitement that the free man and the free woman feel that you can hardly sit still about. And I hope that you'll find that tonight. I hope at least you'll be on the course to finding that. I hope you'll recognise that there can be an escape from the prison that you're in. I hope you can grasp that somebody else has left something for you that if you can find it, it'll be okay. Here's what he said. I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man at the start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain, which might like a strange thing to say, 
But that's, that's, called, that's called full freedom. That's the exploration. That's the joy of, of going somewhere. I hope I can make it across the border. So standing between red and what Andy has provided is the border. And the border guards. And how you are afraid getting sent back to the very place you were. Listen, I understand for all of us there is a border that has to be crossed. But you can make it. And you can find the way. I hope to see my friend, he says, and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope. Dot, 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 dot. I want you to be in that place tonight. I, I hope. See, it's no coincidence to me, especially after understanding the concept of Easter eggs last week. Those things that are left for us to find that point us to the fact that somebody bigger, somebody greater, the author, the producer, the writer, the creator is involved in the story that, that he found what he needed by the tree. Do you remember he goes along the wall and Andy says in the film, you, you can't miss it because there's a tree and the tree is at the end of a, a stone wall, a dry stone wall. You don't see many of those in America. If it was here in the Dales, I'll see you in a hundred years. But he found the wall and he found the tree and Andy said there's a smooth glass rock which is different to the other rocks and if you move the rock you'll find inside of there something and I want you when you find that to do what it says so to me it's no coincidence that he found what he needed by the tree and I think there's a smooth glass rock there for all of us because you see Jesus crucifixion happened on not this pretty you know uh, engineered piece of timber in the beautiful cross shape that we create, but actually it was nothing more than hewn down trunks of a tree. And people often say that Christ was crucified on a tree and, and, and the old Hebrews said, cursed for everyone who hangs on a tree. They understood the principle. So I, I find it no coincidence that he could find his solution by the tree. I, I want to tell you something. At 62 years of age, having learned a lot and seen a lot, a lot I don't like about Christianity and a lot that I love about Christ is that you can still find the answer by the tree. The cross is not irrelevant. The cross is not obsolete. The cross has not lost its purpose. There is something mystically wonderful that when you find the tree, you find the glass stone. If you think of the glass stone as the stone at the entrance to the tomb, and when you move the stone, there's a place of burial open and revealing the road to go to fully live. He found it behind the stone. You find it behind the stone. It's mystical, but it's true. It's the essence of the gospel. And when you find that, you find the road to being fully alive. I hope you find the tree today. I hope you find the glass rock. I hope you find the contents. I hope you find the letter. I hope you find the money. I hope you find the town. I hope you find Andy on the beach. Because that means you've got to cross the border. 
And you found the place where the one who took all the garbage to make the room for you now lives. And that friendship comes. Jesus said, I've made you my friends because he wants to be your Andy. So let me finish by repeating some of the words of the first song that the guy sung, which I think says everything about Q. God of salvation, you chased down my heart through all of my failure and pride. On a hill you created, the light of the world abandoned in darkness to die. And as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. Where you lost your life so I can find it here. If you left the grave behind you, so will I. So will I, I hope, you can leave the grave behind you tonight. It's waiting for your so will I. Because once you say so will I, that's when the hope in the I begins to rise. Let me just pray for you. Maybe some of you in here tonight who've registered what we've talked about in that captivity, that prison, that bondage of all kinds, whether it's, whether it's the guilt or whether it's the, the sense of the unfairness of life and all the stuff. I, I believe the answer that's by the tree, that, that's locked away behind the rock, that for me is the cross that Jesus gave his life on, the tomb that he emerged from, that, that, that he left the grave, that, that if you can say in your heart, Lord, today, so will I your miracle will start. Father, I just pray right now for every person in here. You know every one of us. You know the uniqueness of our story. But we know the all-encompassing power of what you have done and the freedom that you have brought for us. I pray freedom will reign in here today and that we will all be so free that we can barely sit still because of the excitement of we know what is coming. I hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.